Sports, the universal language that everyone can understand. This is the Peak Performance Mentor Podcast. Each week, I interview coaches, sports industry experts, and leadership gurus to mentor you beyond the X's and O's on your quest to achieve peak performance in your professional life, professional career, and with the teams that you coach. Remember one word, Williwig. Okay, so I, I've learned, like all of this is echoing that acronym right there and, and what it stands for. Where you look is where you, where you go. I want everybody to learn that. I know it now. That doesn't mean that I don't struggle. That doesn't mean that I don't get sad. It, it, I, don't, I have bad moments. I'm, I'm human. Welcome to the show. Our guest today is Craig Dubecki. I just love what he has to bring to the table because he has what, we, what he calls the Williwig principle. And we're going to spend <laughs> a little bit of time talking about the Williwig principle as we get forward. But let's talk a little bit more about Craig before we get to the Williwig principle. He is an active volunteer with numerous associations, in particular suicide prevention and heart and stroke. He is a performing musician. He's a Toastmaster and public speaker and he's connected with the Public Speakers Association out of Texas. He's an accomplished author and writer, and he has published a trilogy that stands on its own at number one. To live in darkness and pain is sometimes more than one person can handle. That's when we need to reach out and ask for help. That is what Craig is here to do to help you with. Let's make life an adventure and joy that it is meant to be. He lives in Ontario, Canada, and has been in construction since 1997 and works with managers and sales and marketing to help them grow their businesses and provide the best service possible. So, Greg, is there something I missed? Is there something uh, that, that uh, you, know, you can share with us more about your personal life? I'm just excited to have you get, get here with us, and I want to learn more about the Williwig principle in a minute. But did we miss anything? No, I don't think you did. Uh, that sounded like, well, I, I didn't realize how much of a commercial for me that really sounded like, but uh, it covered it covered a lot of where I've been through and, and what I'm doing right now. So it sounded great. Thank you. Yep. Well, as, and, as we know, this is the Peak Performance Mentor Podcast, and we like to treat this as a game show, but Honestly, part of the part of this whole you know, first half before I even get into the mentors, and I'm sure you'll you can talk about how the Willie Wick principle came out of your uh, out of your uh, mentors. I really would like you to share with our audience what the Willie Wick principle is. And before we go into that, it is W Y L I W Y G E, and this is a principle that you've trademarked. And it is where you look is where you go. Can you talk exactly. to us? About about this idea of Willie Wig and where it came from. Sure, I, I'd be honored to do that. Thank you. First of all, thanks for having me on the show, Christian. Uh, honored and flattered to be here, and and for the listeners, hope that I have uh, some uh, some good information and and some stories for for everybody to learn from. The Willie Wig principle: where you look is where you go. That, that actually stems, I used to be a driving instructor, uh, teaching people life and death situations. Driving instructors are very uh, underappreciated, but really it is a life and death skill that we're teaching uh, mostly these young people. And, and uh, where we would use Willywig is, uh, especially a new driver, 
they get used to the brake and the gas and the steering wheel, and they're on the open road, and they, ah, you can see them start to relax, and, and okay, I, I can handle this, and then all of a sudden, there's the parked car. Okay, the parked car. Now, your job as a new driver is to negotiate your vehicle that you are in control of and steer it to the, in North America, to the left side into the open space around that parked car and then come back into your lane. But as we approach the parked car, it seems that we are headed exactly for that. We're going to make impact. And it's only when I explain to the students that you fear that parked car right now. That, that's what you're fearing. And you know what you're doing? You're looking at the fear. And if you, where you look is where you go. If, if you look at that, you're going to go towards it. So what you need to learn is to look where you want to go. You can't ignore the parked car. You have to acknowledge it. You have to process it. Is it a problem? Do you have to do anything? Like is there a driver in there? Is there somebody that could open the door in your path? As you approach, do you see feet under the car? Maybe kids are playing in front of it. Maybe there's somebody, a mechanic working on it. All these things have to go through your mind, but you can't stare at it. You have to look into the open space and get around it. So I took that, that part of it and applied that to life itself. Um, I've been through depression. I've been through clinical depression. I've been suicidal. Uh, I help people come out of those areas right now by using that principle. Hey, where you look is where you go. Think of one word, willywig. If you look at the fear, if you look at what is making you sad, then you become that. So don't look at it. Acknowledge it. Process it. Try and figure it out. But always have a positive goal. Always have a positive direction that you can look at and focus on. So that's where Willie Wig came out of. And I can, I, I plan to, I, well, I am helping people. I'm helping businesses with that. And, and it's a simple thing. And if, if no more than saying the word, if, if you're depressed and you say the word Williwig, I've had people, you know, they just have this little smirk on their face. They start to smile just from saying the word. So that's where it came from, Christian. Well, I, I absolutely love this. And, you know, Part of our show is, obviously our show has been based around the world of sports. We talk about sports being a universal language and that everybody can understand. And so I know that we, you know, our audience, we speak to so many different people, not just not necessarily from the sports world. And I've had guests that have contacted, or people that have contacted me just saying, I love what you bring to the table. But this is, this is a whole principle here that I love that I can take something that you've taken out of everyday life something that's been near and dear to you, and how can, I, how can we have our coaches and, and our athletes actually apply this principle within their own peak performance on and off the field? And, and really, I'm talking about on the field, and I'm already envisioning how could I use this with my college team and, and challenging them to look beyond the problem that's in front of them and, and look at the solutions to those problems rather than looking at the problem. Um, and, that's right. And really, Really, what I see you taking out of this is, uh, you know, as, as coaches, we want to provide, we want to help people look beyond the problem. And, and, and what you've done is you've given a, a real clear principle that allows us to look beyond the problem and start to look for solutions to our problems. 
That that was my intent. You know, people, coaches included, and I've had many, many coaches say this to me. My teachers have said this. Uh, friends and parents have said this, and, and no disrespect to them. Like, I, I know why they're saying it. They tell me, Craig, focus. Uh, Craig, when you learn how to focus better, you'll reach your, your uh, potential. All you have to do is focus harder, Craig. Well, everybody keeps telling me this, but nobody along the way in school, in, in work, teaches you what focus is. Like, what does it mean? How do you do this? How do you deal with the daily distractions that inevitably come your way, whether you're doing your job, whether it's your personal relationship, whether it's on a team, uh, working with other people, your distractions could be uh, personal. Um, they could be very emotionally. We are emotionally driven. So those are distractions that, that disable our ability to focus at a high level where we can really make strong gains. And that's where Willie Wig comes in. It, it is all about focus. I'm, I'm using this principle. I've defined it. Actually, I use a lot of sports analogies uh, and uh, individual skills, like even as a figure skater, as a dancer, as a, as a diver, uh, doing back somersaults off a board, um, as a golfer, what are you looking at? When you want to focus at something, what, are you, what exactly are you looking at? What does it mean to focus? That's what it's all about. I love so it. So it can Absolutely. go deep into yeah. sports. Absolutely love it. So let, let's, let's go ahead and dive into uh, the first half. And I know that was a little bit different, different a longer pregame than I normally have. But let's dive into That's the cool. first half. And let's talk about mentors. We know that mentors help us see further. They help us uh, clarify what's happening. Um, and they, they give us the, the drive to go to, to the next level. Can you share with us maybe one or two mentors you've had in your life and how they've helped you achieve peak performance in where you're at? I've got two uh, individuals that are, are perfect. They stand right up there at the top for me as mentors. And one is actually in baseball. So, like, I played 16 years of baseball starting when I was nine. Um, here Up here in Canada, I was touted as by the by the fans, I was touted as if anybody's going to make professional baseball, it's going to be Craig DeBecky. I was a pitcher. I could throw the ball at 100 miles an hour. Um, I was the one in in Pee Wee. I'm I, as far as I know, I'm the only one who's thrown a no hitter. Uh, and it was a nine game, a nine inning no hitter, and it was the first game of the championship round that I threw that no hitter. Yet my coaches at that time, going up to that. They belittled me. They played games. They, it, it was just a mental power trip that they were laying on me. And as an impressionable kid, it, it really bothered me, and I, I did my best to persevere through that. And then in Bantam, so I guess I'm, what, 14, somewhere around there, I had a coach, and his name was John Kempel. And John was the first, outside of my parents, the first individual that really I could feel he had a belief in me. He, he appreciated it. Um, he, and I could see it with all the players. It wasn't just a one-person treatment. Uh, it was with everybody. He, he just had this mindset of 
how he's going to coach and how he's going to create, help create the chemistry and bring everybody's talents, you know, as high as, as, as they potentially can. And he was very kind. That, that's the word that I describe that. Um, I won't say he was regimented, but he, he, was, he was firm, but again, in a kind way. And at that age, it made such a huge impression to me, and it, it allowed me to flourish my, myself without, without any sense of being neurotic, thinking, okay, what are, my, what are the coaches going to say about me now? Or, oh, I walk the batter, and they keep yelling at me, throw strikes, throw strikes. I'm not trying to throw balls. Like, give me a break. So John Kempel was a huge mentor, the first one that I can really acknowledge, uh, just his approach, his demeanor, and his fairness with all the players. So here's what I take from this that I think uh, I really would like um, everybody to hear as I, as you talked about this and and the and the backstory is fantastic that you talked about from your from your first experience of the coaches and how they belittled you to to this this coach here that had this this profound impact on your life and it was that it was, he had a belief in you and I wrote down but more importantly he had a belief in everyone on the team and. Yes. I, I, what, I think what's, why I think that's such a powerful statement that you just made is that, that mentors are not just focused on, on you, the individual, but they also, a mentor is going to be focused on everyone that you are coming in contact with because they are important to your journey and your growth and your development. And so and those of you that are starting to mentor, are you in tune with everyone else that you are mentoring that's around them? In other words, you know, as, as I'm looking at my team and, I, and I'm working with my team and, and mentoring these young men at the college level, am I in tune with everybody and how that's affecting their, their, their own personal journey? Um, and and I, I like how you, that, that's an important piece about mentorship. And it, it, the word that you said is kind. Um, you know, so often mm-hmm. in the world, of, 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 so often in our world, we always are looking at, you know, what you did wrong and how to fix it and it comes across as harsh rather than if we just right. can put a little bit of kindness into things, people respond better to that? Exactly. And, and an individual's morale is, like, we as individuals pick up on the ambient morale of the whole atmosphere around us. And, and just what you're saying, um, you know, when, when we see that a coach is treating everybody you know, in, in similar fashion, uh, if, if it's bad, if it's militant, if it's, you know, too hard, then we all feel that. If it's kind, if it's supportive, then we all feel that. And, and we, when it's positive, we do a better job with ourselves buying into the fact that you know, like, let's work harder. We're not, we're not feeling like it's forced. I, I feel like when there's a lot of firm and, and harsh coaching or teaching and it's being drilled into you because that's the only way they think it can be, the individuals are not buying into it at the level that they need to. And, and I, I just think a lot of people have to change and just try and be kinder. I, I like it. Great. And you mentioned you had another one that you wanted to share with us. Uh, you know, how, how about that uh, other mentor, that, that lesson you learned from them? 
Yes, and that and that's more recent. So I'm a I'm a musician, guitar player. I've been playing since the same age as I started playing baseball, nine years old. But I really, all through these decades, I've never really understood what I've been playing. Uh, I could do a lot of flash, but okay, I'm not sure what I'm doing. So it was about five years ago I, I had this uh, epiphany that we'll talk about a little bit later, and I decided, you know, I want to be a performing musician. I want to get up on stage. I want to be able to jam with people, and I need to get a lot better. So I asked people around, okay, who's one of the best guitar teachers? And the name that came up, his name's John McKinley. Now, John's actually from Roswell, New Mexico. He's a great guitarist, great blues guitarist. He lives here in Waterloo, Ontario. Uh, he's played with Stevie Ray Vaughan. He's played with uh, ZZ Top. And um, I got in touch with him. And I told John, I said, I played the kind of the $6 million man, the Lee Majors here. I said, John, I hear you have the technology to rebuild me as a guitarist. <laughs> okay, what I want you to do is I want you to tear everything apart that I know, and I want you to rebuild me into a better, smarter, faster guitar player. And should you take this, I warn you, this is going to be painful for me. So you're going to feel my pain. And this is kind of like the Mission Impossible side. Are you willing to take this on? And he said yes. So that started with you know, just breaking me down, and it was the most humbling experience that I've gone through right there. But John and his approach, and he's extremely wise also. He, he's uh, j just a brilliant and, again, a very kind person. Uh, and he just helped give me that inspiration and motivation to 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 become the best that I can become and work really hard at it and get through the pain. That, like his approach really helped with that. So here's what I got to say to this, Craig, because this is, again, one of those things that I think so often is, is probably misunderstood about mentors or is, is not, not really talked about. I know I haven't talked about it enough on this show but you brought up something that was really, really important for us to understand. The first thing that I heard you say is that you intentionally went out to seek out a mentor. Uh, Correct. A lot of times mentors come into our lives not through us asking for them. Okay? You right. Know, you might not have necessarily asked for the baseball coach. You were playing baseball and your coach became a mentor through you playing baseball. But what exactly. you said on this second mentor is you intentionally asked who is the best person to help me do this? And, yeah. and, you, and you sought the advice of others. And once you found out who that next person was, I think what was even more impactful is you asked specifically for what you wanted to be mentored in. And you were very specific and gave some very clear you know, direction of where you wanted your mentor to take you. If we're going to go into this world of mentorship, and I, I personally I believe everybody should have a mentor. But I'm, mm -hmm. now, I'm now rethinking, you know, uh, the mentors that I've had and I still have in my life, I'm almost thinking the next time I have a discussion with them, hey, this is, this is what I'm struggling with right now, and I want help in this. And um, 
for him to take that on for you. So you, you had some pain that was in there. And I know we might talk a little bit about overcoming failure and adversity, but what were some of the painful parts for you? Well, it was just um, like I, I, I know going through the process because I, I have been a teacher uh, and, again, driving school. So a lot of motor mechanics I- involved with that and through sports. And, and this is where going through those stepping stones in my life, I knew what I was in for. Yeah, I wasn't blind, uh, blind to it. I hadn't thought about it, but now that I, I want to become better and I know that I need help, I thought, okay, I, I, I know how this is going to work. It's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Uh, and I'm okay with that. Uh, so I'm, I'm str- I felt good enough about myself. I believe in myself. I believed in my potential. And I just got to go through this process. So there, there were days, that was the initial thought, but there were days uh, during that two-year process with John that we were really into retraining myself that I came home and I didn't want to touch a guitar for a month because <laughs> I thought, oh, this is going to be so hard. Oh, I just, I'm so busy. How am I going to do this? All right. But all I had to do was take a little bit of a break, let my emotions go the route they were and, and take control and find that focus, find that willy-wig focus, and then get on it. Well, and it, now, it's not even just finding that willy-wig focus, but the, the, again, I'm going to go back to this idea that you, you, you acknowledge the fact that this is going to be tough. And you acknowledge the fact that you needed a mentor to help you with it, and you and you sought out, you sought out the best, who is, yes. who is the best person that can mentor me and help me and is going to challenge me because at the end of the day, that mentors are there to challenge us. They're, they're, uh, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. If your mentor's not challenging you, they're not really mentoring you, and so right. You know that that's I I just. This, this is just so, such a strong message to say when we're talking about mentors is, number one, acknowledge that you need the help. Seek out the best to help you and be specific in what you're asking for in the help that you want because that's the first step to the entire awareness and, and, and in the growth process. That's right. And then embrace it. Oh, that's, that's, the, uh, that's, that's the final one right there is, you know, you, you can talk the talk. You can, you know, walk the walk through the process, but if, you know, you're throwing yourself out to the universe, embrace what the universe is throwing back to you, okay? You use wisdom, hopefully you have good wisdom there, but embrace it and, and run with it. Fantastic. Hey, what a great way to end the first half. Let's go into halftime, and, and Craig, and during our okay. halftime, it's a series of, 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 of a couple of short questions that we like to ask, and uh, you know, really the halftime questions, and, and the whole show has been based off where the people that I've studied that have, have achieved their peak performance and, and the things that they've done to achieve their peak performance. And so one of the things I know that most, the most significant people that I've studied and that, that have mentored me and have been involved in, they're always continuing to learn. So my first question for you, is there a book, is there a podcast, is there something that you, are, that you watch you know, in today's age, now you can go to YouTube and watch stuff, what are you doing right now to continue on your own personal learner's journey to help you on your peak performance? 
Well, oh, that's a big question. First of all, I'll recommend a book. I, I recommend it, it's it's called So You Just Want to Be a Rock Star. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm the author of that one. So that's a book that I recommend because it's a lot about this journey that we're actually talking about here. Uh, but in, in real time, what I'm doing uh, at this moment, I, actually it's a very apropos question that you're asking. Um, I met you, Christian, through uh, a, a friend and, and um, business partner of, of mine, Lisa McDonald. And uh, so, so Lisa has business up here. I've hired her to be my mentor for where I'm going through. I, I did the same thing that I did back with John McKinley. I've got a lot of things going on right now, and I know that these things will go a lot better if, if I get help from, from the right source. So I've, I, again, it's, it's repeating that, that same thing. If, if you want to work on something, don't be afraid to go out and ask for help. Uh, like that's a, that's a good thing. You, you want to be better. We, we don't know everything. And sometimes we just get overloaded and we need that little guidance. Great. How about a daily habit? Uh, you know, again, I go back to, I, 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 every, every person I've talked to that has been extremely successful in what they're doing, they have a daily habit they follow that keeps them grounded. It keeps them on track. It keeps them focused on what they're doing. And we've talked a little bit about focus with Willie Week. Do you have a daily habit that is part of your, your, your rituals that you take part in? Well, what I'm doing right now is I wake up and I, I automatically thought, think about where I'm going right now. I, I think of the three areas uh, that I'm growing uh, my, my business in, which is the, the, the writing, the music, and the speaking. And that's what my focus is on, because that, that's a very positive affirmation for me. We, we, need, we want to start our day with positive thoughts. We want to end our day with positive thoughts. And I'm very fortunate, very blessed, and I've worked very hard at it to get myself to where I am right now through everything that I've gone through. So I, for, I, I make sure I, my, my thought patterns are positive at the beginning and at the end. And I'm, and I'm actually going to, what, one step further is after talking with Lisa on the weekend, I, I'm making little sticky notes uh, of um, kind, of, kind of just confirmations of what I've achieved, where I am, um, and, and I've actually done that in the past, even with uh, with awards and and pictures. I've you know it, it's very easy to put put stuff like that in a drawer and just let it collect dust. And um, actually, this is through Toastmasters, the public speaking forum that I really learned to do this, and that started about five years ago. Is okay. Let's let I've got the certificate saying that I participated in something. I didn't even win, but I participated. That's great. That that's a very positive thing. So I'm going to put that up on the wall so I see it. 
And then I would pull up pictures, and then I started pulling up things from the past, and I would make a, a, a collage of, of different things, and just reminding me of, yeah, you know, like I, my life, I've been through a lot of crap, as everybody has, I'm sure, but it's all relative. I feel my crap, but I've gone through a lot of great things, so... That's what I've got to remember, and that's what I want to focus on at the beginning and at the end of every day. Wow. So uh, one of my mentors, John Maxwell, has, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I mean, I, it, most of my listeners know that uh, I am associated with the John Maxwell team, and he's one of my mentors, and, and a couple of the faculty members are, you know, within the John Maxwell team are, are big mentors of ours. And when, when I talk about it, John Maxwell in the 21 Laws of Leadership talks about the number one law is the law of the lid. And I have really embraced this law, uh, this concept of the law of the lid in, in almost everything I do. And, and I frame it in a different way, but I think it's the same thing you're talking about. So often in life, we go along focusing on the things that have been bad, about, that been bad in our lives and we want to change the bad that's been in our lives. But when right. we start to really focus on the positive things in our lives, what we can then we start to improve on those positive things and make them even better. Because the positive things that have happened in our life, we feel good about, we have confidence in. And so if we can go through our life focusing on the positive thoughts, the positive things that have happened, and we start, like you said, start and end every day with the positive thoughts, you're going to raise your lid. You're going to raise your potential because you're going to create you know, a, 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 a universe that allows for growth rather than bringing you down. Exactly. A hundred percent. And when I went through this transition in 2011 from, from depression, one of the first things that I do, and I, I just knew I had to do this, like I was home for... 10 months. I, I didn't have to worry about anything. I, I'm on assistance, just helping me get out, getting out, get out of depression. But when I started to want to change my life, the very first thing that I did, I could have stayed in my pajamas. I could have stayed in my, my sweatpants in, in my house. Nobody was going to look at me. Nobody was going to come and see me. But I showered, I shaved, I put on dress pants, I put on a shirt, and I looked at myself, and I made sure that I looked good. I was happy with how I looked. I felt like I was something. But just by, by starting the day, all dressed up. And it can be a simple thing like that to start your day on a positive, positive path. Fantastic. I also love quotes coming from the sports world. Quotes yes. are great because quotes, you know, they're, they're little triggers. I think quotes are little triggers to get us on the right mindset on, you know, whatever those quotes are. So do you have a quote that is near and dear to your heart? I do. Other than what are you looking at, which is my own quote. Right. Um, Steve Jobs. Steve, and I use this quote in my book. Steve Jobs had a quote here, and he said, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. So I look at that quote, and life is an adventure. It's a, it's a journey. You know, we come, out of, we come out of high school. 
with an aptitude. That's all it is, with, with, with some wisdom, some knowledge, and an aptitude to go into the real world and make something of us. And we make choices, decisions, we go on paths. Some of them work, some of them don't. And you talk about failures, I know a lot. And, and sometimes we have failures. And it's really, we have to persevere through that. And then later, all of a sudden, when we look back at our life, we can look at specific dots and say, huh, I didn't understand why I was doing that at the time, but that led me to here, and then from here I went to here, and I gained this knowledge here, and who would have thought, going here, I would have learned there, and this is where I am today. And you can, you can make that a beautifully positive picture, even though there's a lot of negative crap in, in, the, in the peripheral of all of that, you forget about it because here you see a path that has gotten you to where you are today. And you can reverse that and look at that if you're not in a good place. You can also do that. You can say, okay, why am I where I am today? And then you can connect the dots and maybe you can make a change in your life. Do a paradigm change little by little and, and put yourself on a good path. Boom. I mean, this is kind of one of those mind-blowing type of comments that you just made and, and just a quote. And I, I'll be honest with you, when you first started talking, I was like, okay, I'm not sure about this. I mean, I, I mean my, my, my idea of, uh, you know, I, I can't connect the dots by looking forward. I can only connect the dots by looking back. And in my mindset, I, I, you know, I, I've got this very positive growth mindset. But what you're saying is the looking back is not looking back at the bad and I think that's, right. that it, it, this is a whole new awareness for me. You, uh, this is a, a brand new awareness that, yes, I do need to look back at the dots and look at the growth, look at the positive experience, look at the learning opportunities that happened in the past that got to me where I am today, and that will help me in my growth moving forward. So it's a, it's a whole new awareness. That's, it's a whole new awareness tool. That, that That's I, great. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, it was one of those that it's just, uh, you know, you get the little quivers, um, you know. <laughs> That's I, great to hear, and and it also helps you make feel, make, it helps you feel good about your life. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you do that, oh, okay, yeah, like holy cow, I had a lot of positive things here. I see them now. I didn't see them before. I see them, and wow, look at where I am. Look at where that's all got in me. Yeah. Because so often we don't want to look at the back. You know, I, I tell people, let's not look back at where we were at. Let's focus on where we were going. But you know what? What, what is it that we learned from what we did? And so it's just, it's just a, different, it's a different awareness. And it is. The, the more awareness Steve Jobs have, was very brilliant. Yeah. I mean, the more awareness you have and the more opportunities to create awareness in your life, the greater potential you're going to have moving forward. Um, exactly. Yeah. Great quote, uh, and it, 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 a mind opener for me. Hey, let's go That's into great. the second half, and I love the, the second half. Is is uh, I, I just love to get into the second half because this is where we talk <laughs> about failure and adversity, and we, right. so often in life, you know, people tend to steer away from that failure and adversity. But this is where the real stepping stones have taken place. 
I, I share. I, I always share this quote with everyone. I, every time on the show, that my son came home one day. He, he's a my son's 11 years old. He's an inventor. He likes to. Al he's always inventing things. He's taking things apart and putting things back together. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And he had he had to do a a, a project. And he came home and he was stu studying Thomas Edison. And he said, Dad, did you know something? Thomas Edison never failed. And I kind of looked at him. I go, Really? <laughs> he just found 10,000 ways that didn't work. And so it's just that mindset of, you know, we're, we always need to keep trying. We always got to keep getting back up. So let's so talk true. a little bit about your adversity and the failure that you've had within your life, through in, within your journey, and how they have become stepping stones to you achieving peak performance. So true. Well, the, the first failure that I can look at is baseball, my failure to become a professional uh, baseball player. That was, I was, when I was growing up being in, in my teen years, I was destined to make the pros. And, and back then, you know, we had Montreal Expos, all right, and great team. Um, I'm Canadian, I'm going to say that. <laughs> uh, but they didn't, you know, they, they didn't achieve anything of, of world fame. It wasn't until 92, 93 when Toronto Blue Jays won that baseball really became a factor here in Canada and the support came, came with that. But I was going to do it. I was still like my, my parents were behind me. Everybody was talking again, except a lot of my coaches, but everybody that followed me said, Craig, you're going to be it. You're, you're going to make it. And, and I, got, I got scouted. I tried out for the Blue Jays. I got scouted by the Expos, by the Pirates, uh, many, many teams. My name was out there. And I even went to school. Um, I was in Eastern Arizona, Gila Monster. So I went to Eastern Arizona Junior College in, in Chandler. Uh, I got invited down there on a semi-scholarship uh, to, to, to play. Um, I tried out for the Chicago Cubs AA um, team in Midland, Texas. Tried to walk on there, and injuries started coming in, and I had to hang up my cleats and my glove, and I don't think I touched them for – I didn't touch them until – I had children, and they were ready to play baseball, but I just went cold turkey on baseball because in my heart, I was, I was very sad. I, I felt like a failure there, um, but fortunately, I've always lived with a kind thought about myself. I, I, I've, I've always believed in myself, and as much as it was a failure, okay, like – Let's keep going. Let's see. Let's see what else is out there. But that was that was a big one. That was the first failure that I really felt, and it was it was severe. So and, and, yeah, as you think about that, and I, you know, a lot of a lot of our guests, whether they whether they are in the sports world or are like yourself, is now coming into a leadership development, and, and you're you're helping people through business and, and corporate America and those types of things. A lot of our people have come from the the experience of having sports, you know, right. within their youth, within you know, and, and you you took it uh, you know to the next level and got it into the college level, um, and you, we see a lot of failure that comes out of sports. We we don't make it. Not everybody wins. You know what? And that's okay that not everybody wins. I, and that's it's one of the things that, that I love about sports is okay. we we yes. have to teach that. 
but so this failure, what was the big lesson that you learned at this point that you, okay, I'm hanging up these cleats, I'm going to hang this up. Um, what was the lesson that you learned? And you might not have known it at the time, but as you look back on it now, you, you come out saying, this is what I learned. I learned that I was actually a leader there. And I, I was a pitcher. So, you know, I'm, and, and you're right. I, I didn't see this at that time. In fact, it was only a couple years ago that I realized it this way. And I actually have it in, uh, when, when I do a, a certain speech I do, I talk about this. You know, it, I was, everything was about me. I'm on the mound and all eyes are on me. And it's, action and I see the catcher and I'm going to perform my action here and I have to trust seven people that I can't even see. I, ha I have to just do what I know what I need to do the best that I can and then I have to trust people that are behind me. And I, I put it in the perspective that I was the leader there. Okay, like everybody's in support of me. Uh, I can't, uh, you, you know, they're chosen not by me, but they're chosen by the coach uh, because I played all-stars all, all through my career. And I, real, I realized that, okay, I'm leading this way. And that's like me in business. I, I, I've been a leader in business. I've, I've been a, a mentor for other people. And I have to entrust the people that are behind me, even if I can't see them. I just, I, I just believe in them. And it doesn't always work out. People make mistakes. That's why they have what's called an error in baseball. Uh, you know, but you keep going along as a supportive team. That's, that's what I took from baseball to make it a life lesson. I, I, I just got, again, another, another one of those, you know, great pitchers and, and kind of opened my whole awareness of things because I'm not necessarily a baseball guy. I'll, I'll watch baseball about the only time I really watch baseball is maybe when we get into the playoffs um, because it's not, mm -hmm. not a sport that I, I've really done. But I, 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 I can actually visualize this picture of what you just said. Here you are is you have to trust seven other people behind you that you can't even see. And, you know, to have that realization that a real leader is actually someone that can identify that I got to trust people that I can't see. I got to trust what they're doing. I got to trust that they have my back. I got to trust that they're doing this. But I even go, I can take that analogy to soccer and I look at a goalkeeper. A goalkeeper, oh, yeah. a goalkeeper can see everything and asking, is asking people to trust him that they can't see him. That's exactly. Yes. You know, so it's this whole idea of leadership sometime, really when we're talking about leadership and we're talking about working with others and we're talking about team and being a leader, that you're not always going to see everything and not everyone's always going to be able to see you. And are you, can you still be effective in what you're doing? And you know, exactly. that, that becomes a real lesson. Well said. It, that's a real lesson in leadership is that leadership is not always about being seen or seeing everyone. That's right. Yeah, about, that, thank, about, thanks for phrasing one? it that yeah, way. We've we got time for another one. You have, you, have, you have one more you can share with us? 
Uh, yes, and, and this is uh, close to home. I guess my, my marriage. I fail. I'm divorced, so can I say that I failed in my marriage? Fail. Failure is a. It's a big word, and I try not to use that because because they're all. And you use this term, Christian. They're stepping stones in life, and and not everything works out. And the one thing that people hold dear and close to them is finding a partner that they can share life with. And what seems to be right at one time doesn't necessarily last that last forever for reasons. So I feel like I, yeah, failed my marriage and I struggled with it big time. I, I won't hide that. Uh, I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. Uh, I was, I became, I won't say suicidal, but definitely I was minutes away from, well, I was suicidal. I, I was, I checked into a hotel uh, with alcohol and sleeping pills, and I wasn't going to see the next day. So I didn't want to. I was just scared. I was so distraught and sad that I had that this had failed. And there, there are children involved, so that adds a double whammy right there. Um, but again, what pulled me out of that was an innate belief in myself. I knew that I'm here for a reason. I haven't found it yet. But I know that I'm going to find my place, and I thought it was going to come in my 20s, then I thought it was going to come in my 30s, and then maybe my 40s, and, and, and hey, it's still going to come because I, I really like myself and I believe in myself. So that marriage failure, if anything, eventually made me just so much stronger than I could have ever dreamed. I, I'm so proud of how strong I am and how I've focused on certain things to rebuild my career, rebuild myself as a single dad, and and rebuild myself into these three roles as the musician, the writer, and the speaker to take my message out to the world. Um, in 2000, I almost changed that, that I, I wasn't going to be here. Now I look back at it, it's a little bit of the connecting the dots. It's a little bit of the Steve Jobs thing. I now connect the dots, and yeah, I went through that, but then I went here and here and here, and holy cow, look at me now. You know, look at me now, 18 years later. Like, and I'm talking on a radio show with Christian to who to how many people like that's awesome that that's an amazing feeling, but that came out of a huge failure that I almost killed myself on. Right. Well, I I I can relate with you because I uh, I also went through a, a marriage that uh, failed and and my struggle was early in in my in that failure of that marriage. I grew up with the belief that um, divorce was not going to be an option. Um, it, it, yeah. was just, it was something that we that, that that was instilled in me when I was growing up. And so right. as I was going through a marriage that was very very difficult, and and, and those struggles, um, when I came to terms with it, wasn't necessarily about me. Uh, that all the failures were the failure of the marriage was not just about me. Right. There was other pieces that came into play. Um, yeah. and, and I was able to, you know, I think very, very similar story with you is, you know, I, you know, there were some tough times that, that you had in there. And, um, 
but you come out of it. And, and you yes. come out of it with a new experience, and that new experience, you know, I, you know I'm now in a marriage with three great kids, and um, you know, I have a, a, a spouse that supports everything that I do, and even when things got tough, and I walked away from college coaching for three years ago, and was going to be an entrepreneur, right. she said, do right. it. Um, you know, that, knowing that what that looks like now, is, is it's, such, it's such gratifying allowing you to know that you can do anything. Um, isn't it? it is. And we have to remember that when we go through those sad times, those are feelings. Okay. And, and it's okay. We have those feelings, but feelings can change. Right. And we just, when you, when you find a new focus, the feelings will change. And when people go through depression and when they get to that suicide thinking level, that they have to remember that this is a this is a temporary feeling, and maybe it's a day, maybe maybe it's ten minutes, maybe it's a day, maybe it's a month, maybe it's a year. But you will work your way out of it. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And you know, I, I heard something really yesterday. I was at an event yesterday. It, not even just ask for help, but you know, it's a thought. You know, you know, our feelings are tied to our thoughts. So if you change your thought, yes, you can change your feelings. So true. And, and, and our feelings are really our manifestation of what our thoughts are. So if you're thinking that this is horrible, your feelings are going to weigh down on you. And if you can change that, the thought to something, you know, you know, more a better thought, a thought that's going to give you a better outlook, then your feelings will change. Um, that's right. And, and, and that's why it's important to post Put things up. Put affirmations up in your house. That's that's what I did with the notes, with the pictures, with the not. And, and, and I was very specific in saying it wasn't even an award. It was that I participated in something. Right. right. But put that up, and and those are things that will trigger positive thoughts. Fantastic. So, so that's one, and volunteering too, of course. One-on-one psychology is, hey, if you want to feel better, volunteer, because when you make somebody else smile because you're helping them, it's going to make you smile too. Oh, what a, what a great way to end the second half. So let's go into the locker room, and the locker room is where I like to talk about our legacy. Um, our, the okay. legacy being, you know, when you are no longer here, how do you want people to remember you? What is the message you want to leave? What is the mark you want to leave on the world? Again, all the great mentors in my life, the people that I've studied, they have left a legacy. Are they are in the process of leaving a legacy? I, you know, I'm carrying on their message. You know, a lot of this show is based off of the messages that I've received from, from my mentors. So within our locker room, we like to talk about the legacy. And so the first legacy mm -hmm. question I have is, what was the big aha moment in your life? December 14th, 2011, I'm in that process of, of working my way out of, of uh, depression. I'm on the couch, and I sat up on my couch, and I just stared into the open space, and I said, I'm not going to repeat exactly what I said myself here on air, but I, <laughs> I, I said, holy cow, God, I've been through a lot. Okay, I'm, this has just been so unfair, but you know what? It is what it is, and I'm here, and I'm getting help, and I have such 
I know that I have, a, I have a huge message to share with people. I know there's other people that are going through such similar, if not worse, stuff than I'm going through. And I want to help them. So everything started with wanting to help people. It wasn't even to help me, even though, even though it ended up as, as being, you know, very therapeutic for myself going through the process. But I said, Craig, what do you want to do? Well, Craig, you've always talked about being a musician. Let's do it. Let's do your first open mic. So three weeks later, well, actually four weeks later, I did my first open mic. I did three songs, and I was soaked with sweat after three songs. I was so nervous, but I did it. I also said to myself, Craig, you know, like you like talking, like you've been a teacher, you really enjoyed that. Let's work on speaking. And I, uh, okay, yeah, let's join Toastmasters. And then I said to myself, I've, people have heard, actually, people have heard my stories and they said, Craig, it sounds like a movie. Or they say, you should write a book. Like, wow, what you're telling me. Uh, you know, I can turn this around. I can take all of what I've gone through and I can make it an adventure and maybe I can just help some people along the way. So that was a huge aha moment when I took everything that I was feeling, which, were, which was a negative, and I, I had to work hard at it, but when it came, it came like a brick hitting me, the positive side of this, of where I can take this. And it, it, that, that's the most significant aha moment in my whole life, that change right there. Wow. I, I, I here's what I wrote down, and I it just it's a very simple statement is that you acknowledge the fact that life is unfair, but that's okay. There are other people that are in the same predicament, are even worse than you are, and how can you help them? Um, yes. And, and then and then from there, you you clearly put an action in place. You 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 once you acknowledge that life is unfair and it's okay you were able to move past and put a plan of action in place, whatever that looked like for you. Folks, you know, the game is going to be unfair sometimes, but that's okay. You're not going to get all yeah. the calls that you want in life, but that's okay. As long as you acknowledge that, then you can move forward and put an action in place. And, and you know, a great, great testament to you. Um, Here's my next question, and this is, what, this is one of my questions. That I, just, I, I, I love to ask this. What, mm -hmm. what do we need to know that you know in order for us to grow? To remember one word, willy wig. Okay, so I, I've learned, like all of this is echoing that acronym right there and, and what it stands for. Where you look is where you, where you go. I want everybody to learn that. I know it now. That doesn't mean that I don't struggle. That doesn't mean that I don't get sad. It, it, I, don't, I have bad moments. I'm, I'm human, and, and that's okay. But thinking about something like Willy Wig, and you can come up with uh, whatever mnemonic works for you as an individual to be a trigger. And, and that's what it is. It, it's a trigger to make me, to, to remind myself that 
hey, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm sad. Oh, that really sucked what happened last night. But that's not what I want to look at. Okay, where do I want to go? So that's what I've got to look at. So if you, you, Christian, and anybody listening to this, if you can take away one thing to help empower you in your life, it's, it's just to understand that part of what it is to truly focus and, and to understand when you are looking at something that is, that is tearing you down, that is disempowering you, that you do have the ability to look, and sometimes it takes work, but to find the positive to make that your focal point, and then you will start or continue to grow. That's, that's what I want everybody to take away from. Well, thank you for, uh, thank you for sharing that with us because uh, I, I know My pleasure. That I'm going to take, take forward and I'm actually going to, we're going to talk about this with the team today when I get out on the field. We're going to talk about this idea of, of Willy Week and how can we apply that you know, not only to the game that we're playing but as they can, as they can start to use that within their life and, and the challenges that they have moving forward. Hey, Craig, it's been great to have you on the show. I always like yeah, to end It's been the a show. true pleasure. Yep, I always like to end the show with a post game where we give an opportunity for uh, you to share with the audience where we can reach out to you, where they can find some of the resources that you have, where they might be able to learn more about Willy Wig or you know, download your books or, or some of your music. So can you share with us uh, how to get in contact with you? Sure, absolutely. I'm, I'm on social media, not as much as I will be, but I am on Facebook. I'm there. Uh, Craig DeBecky, just Ontario, I guess that's how you find me. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I should note that I'm also, I'm also a contractor. I do, the, the, that's my full, full-time job. So if you, go on, if you go to LinkedIn, you will see Craig DeBecky and you will see things about my books and, and about my speaking and, and everything, but you'll also see me as, as a business development for a contracting company. Uh, that's what I do. That that gives me the means to this end of of um, how I want to help the world here. So there's those two avenues, Facebook and LinkedIn, and there's my website. So www.craigdubecky, all one word, dot com. Easy okay. as that. That will take you to my website. Uh, so Craig Dubecky, just for to spell it out, C R. A-I-G-D-U-B-E-C-K-I. Great. And you guys can find all those resources on yep. the website under the podcast notes where you'll be able to just click on, uh, click on the links to get directly to him. I'll make sure that we link those directly on the podcast show at www.voltacoach backslash podcast. Craig, once again, thank you for being on the show. It's been a great hour with you, and I wish you the most success as you move forward in connecting the dots in your life. Thank you so much. It's been an honor and a pleasure, Christian. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our show today, the Peak Performance Mentor Podcast, where we use sports, the universal language that everyone can understand, to mentor you on your journey your journey to achieve peak performance in your personal life, professional career, and with the teams that you coach. This has been a production of Volta Sports and Leadership.